Well, good morning, everybody. <clears throat> you have to bear with me a little bit today. My allergies are driving me crazy. I told Heidi that last night, and she said, how could your allergies be bugging you in December? I said, it was 55 degrees on Friday. And I said, they're bugging me. She said, you need to go to bed. I was like, you need to go to bed. She's like, honey, just go to bed. I'm like, I'm only going to bed because I want to go to bed. So we're in therapy. <laughs> but it's good to see you guys. Everybody online, thanks for joining too. Uh, Brad talked a little bit about those Christmas concerts and, and the program. Take advantage of that, please. If there's a lot, of, a lot of effort goes into that. And the effort that goes into it is to make Jesus make sense. So it's not, not just the lights and the songs and that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff's fun. But it's really working through how do we tell the story of Jesus, his love, his, the gospel is what we call it, and how do we make that make sense to the people around us. And so it is a great opportunity for people that you love or that you, <clears throat> that, uh, that you know and are your life. Uh, they will hear that loud and clear and be able to respond to it. And, uh, and it's gonna be a great time together. And it's over in the gym, that's exciting. Uh, so super excited for that. We're only having eight services, super excited for that. And, uh, and it's gonna be a great time together. Uh, we've been in this uh, series the last couple of weeks that we've called Here With Me. And what we've just been talking about is how Jesus, like his desire through Christmas is to come and be here with me, like he shows up in our everyday life. It's not just this like global historical event thing, but Jesus is working. He showed up in people's everyday life back in the Bible that we have accounts for, and then he shows up in our lives that way as well. And that's what we're wanting you to see. I want you to see that, that God is not a far off God. Uh, he's a close in God. And he wants to have a personal connected relationship with you. And nothing speaks to that more than the Christmas story itself. And so, uh, been talking about that. If you missed it, it's on the website, on the app, uh, podcast, all that kind of stuff. And it, it may be worth catching it up a little bit if you want to. This weekend, what I want to try to walk you through is this idea of how God values you and what Christmas says about that. And then how, if you're his follower, he would want you to value the people around you or like love the people that that Jesus loves. So you guys ever had a, you ever had a situation where you've been looking for something and you know what you're looking for, kind of, but you, you can't really find it, but when you find it, you recognize that's what you've been looking for the whole time? So <clears throat> I've been doing that. A couple years ago, um, Heidi and I moved, and it's because I was, it was, it's my fault, she makes that clear, but we, 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 I've been looking for something. So ever since I've been like an adult, I've always wanted to have a certain type of property. Like I need the woods, like I need the woods. Uh, I need like land, I need privacy, and I need water. And so those things I've always been like looking for ever since we like started owning houses and, and things like that. And Heidi and I are kind of house people a little bit. We flipped a lot of houses in our day and like to work on houses. I like the HGTV shows and I admit it, unlike you men who are like, I watch it because of my wife. No, you don't. You think Chip is cool. I know. <laughs> and that's how that works. So I like those shows and I like watching all that stuff and we like doing projects and stuff together. So we've always dreamt about this, you know? And I've said like, uh, I was like, honey, one day I want a lake house. She's like, you don't want a lake house. You're never going to use a lake house. I'm like, 
like, oh, you're right. I don't have time for that. And then she's like, we should get a condo at the beach. I'm like, I don't want to go to the beach. Honey, like a half a day at the beach is like a 911 call for me. I'm going to have to go get treatment for sunburn, you know? So I don't want to, I hate the beach. It's awful. It's uninhabitable. God made it that way. And so like, I don't, I don't want to be there. So we just been back and forth. And then we moved several times because we're kind of house people. So we'll fix one up and sell it and, you know, kind of do those kind of things. But always looking for this perfect property. And we're the, we're the people that will go to the open houses and like wander through and, and all that kind of stuff just to get ideas. And so during a couple years ago, <clears throat> I, I went to Heidi kind of in a serious moment. I was like, okay, I can't do it anymore. I, I can't do the neighborhood thing. I can't do the HOA thing. Like I can't, I can't do it. Like I'm, I'm getting old. I know that shocks you. Because uh, it, it's gone well, <laughs> but uh, like I'm, I'm getting old, and I'm like I can't, you know, I'm not gonna have the strength to do this uh, later on. I don't want this to be like a retirement thing. I was like, I gotta find this this hunk of dirt somewhere. So we're looking around, looking at houses, connecting with our real estate agent, all that kind of stuff, and looking at things. Nothing, 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 nothing was quite right. And one night I was sitting at home, and Heidi came up to me. She goes, Hey, I gotta talk to you. So right, she said. I found a place that I think you're gonna love. And I was like, did it just come on the market? And she's like, no, it's, I found it three weeks ago. <laughs> she's like, I just didn't, I know the minute you pull in the driveway, you're gonna want this property, it's what you've been looking for. And I was offended, frankly. I'm like, honey, I'm a grown adult. I'm responsible, I don't make impulsive decisions. Like, how could you talk to me that way? Well, we went to see it, we pulled in the driveway. I was like, this is it, we're moving. I mean, instantly. And so we pulled in, I fell in love with this property. There's water, there's woods, there's all this kind of stuff. The only little glitch was that it was uninhabitable. Other than that, besides being able to live in it, it was, it was fine. So I was like, we're buying it. So I, we bought it, put our other house up on the market, moved the kids into an uninhabitable house. Well, the, the raccoon inhabited it. But the, other than that, the kids, and, the, and they were a little shocked, but I think therapy's been going well for them. And we go to this place. The minute I found it, I recognized it. I, I could describe elements of it, but when I saw it, I realized that's it. And then literally we sold everything and we moved a couple years ago because we found what we were looking for. And once I saw it, I knew it and nothing else was worth it to me as far as a house was concerned. I'd rather get rid of all of that in order to own this. There's this really fascinating parable that Jesus gives in Matthew chapter 13. And a parable, if you're not familiar with that term, it's just an illustrated story that Jesus would tell to teach us a, a deeper truth. And so it's not, don't, don't take it all in detail. It's just an illustrative story that Jesus would tell to, to teach us a deeper truth. So he tells this story, and the story is about what the kingdom of heaven is like. So if the kingdom of heaven, if you're unfamiliar with that term, the kingdom of heaven is basically, like if I could boil it down, it's everything that has to do with Jesus and everything that has to do with us as his followers. So if you become a follower of Jesus Christ, following Jesus, all he is, what he's like, what he's doing, and then us and our participation in that, and that's in essence the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is describing to his followers like what the kingdom of heaven is like. And he says this, he's just given an illustration. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. And then he gives another one. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for a choice pearls. 
when he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything that he owned and he bought it. And so Jesus is like, that's what the kingdom of heaven is like, is when you see it and you recognize it, it is the most important thing in your life. And it is the thing that you go all in for. It's the treasure, you sell everything, you buy that. It's the pearl, you sell everything, you buy that. Because nothing is worth more than the kingdom of heaven. Now, it's fascinating, this parable has two layers to it because Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven, and so he's talking about everything involving us as his followers and then everything involving him. So the two layers of this are really fascinating because the first layer of it is instructive. So when Jesus is talking about the treasure or the pearl, he's talking about himself, or if you're familiar with the term the gospel, or the story or the work of Jesus. So he would look at us and he would say, when you find the gospel, when you find the salvation, the work, the story of Jesus, you go all in for that. You, you would, another place in the Bible, says, he says you would lose your life to gain that. You would lay your life down to get a hold of that because nothing is worth more to you than the kingdom of heaven. So when you find out about who I am, my love for you, the salvation that I, I came to bring you, the transformation that I bring into your life, <clears throat> you make that move. And what's fascinating is for many of us, the, when we first heard about that, when we first heard of who Jesus was and what he was like and what he, how he wanted to interact with us, it clicked. And we're like, that, I've been looking for that and I, as soon as I pulled in the driveway on that one, I knew that that was that. And Jesus is like, right. And when you, when you, when you click and, and you figure out that that's that, like you go all in for it. You lose your life. You, you lay down your rights. You allow yourself to be defined and directed by the person of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of heaven is like that for you. It's like a treasure. It's like a pearl. You go all in on it. And that's layer one. The second layer is important too because we're talking about the kingdom of heaven. So we're talking about everything to do with being a Christ follower. And then we're talking about everything to do with Christ and so the second way that you would kind of read into that or the second way that you would, the second layer to it that you would read is not instructive, it's descriptive. So Jesus instructs us, like you go all in for the kingdom of heaven, but then he's describing himself. He's like, yeah, I, I went all in because you are my treasure and you are my pearl. And I went all in for you. I, I walked out of heaven, I, I set aside my rights to all that kind of stuff. It was not worth it to me. You are such great value and you are so worthy that I gave the full of my life to you and laid my life down ultimately for you. I showed up on the planet and I, I lived with skin on because you're the pearl, you're the treasure. And so it's instructive to us when you find Christ, you go all in. It's descriptive of him. When he looks at you, so to say, he goes all in. And that's how the kingdom of heaven works. Jesus went all in so that we could know about him, so that we could go all in, so that because he went all in. And he's like, that's the way the kingdom of heaven rolls, is that there is nothing of greater value to Christ than you and me, and there's nothing of greater value to you and me than Christ, and you would sell all that you have, and you would buy that, so to say, in his illustration, and you would go all in with it. And when you start to understand that that's the way the kingdom of heaven works, what that allows you to do is it starts to help Jesus to make more sense to you. So one time Jesus was kind of asked, like, what are you here for? And he said, he said this was his answer. He said, listen, the Son of Man, that's another name for Jesus, the Son of Man or Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, 
So that you, that's why I showed up, because there are treasures and there are pearls of great value, and I went all in on that. And if you want to understand me and you want to understand my motivation, you understand my methodology, you understand what I'm all about, if you want to understand what underpins my, like the philosophical underpinning of my teachings, then you have to understand that I came to seek and to save the lost. And that's what drives me and that's what motivated me. That's why I obeyed my father. That's why I went in and that's why I showed up here on the planet. It's because you are a pearl, you are a treasure, and this is the way that I work. And so I came to seek and to save you. And when you start to get that down, what happens is fascinating is the Bible starts to make more sense because there's a context to it. So you would go to a place like Philippians chapter two and uh, God would say this, though he was God, Jesus, he did not consider equality with God something to be clinging to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave was born of a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died a criminal's death on the cross. And suddenly you look at that, and you're like, yeah, oh, that's the way the kingdom of heaven works. Jesus gave up his divine privileges, put skin on. The fancy word for that is the incarnation. So he put skin on. He showed up. He humbled himself. Why? Because Jesus is like, well, that's, that's what I do. I came to seek and save the lost, and that's the way that I would need to seek and save them because that's the way the kingdom of heaven works. You are a treasure, you are a pearl, and I sold out and went for it to rescue you. Hebrews chapter two, verse 14 talks about that. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son also became flesh and blood, for only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. So why did he put, why did Jesus come here with us? Why did he put skin on? Well, because that's, that's what he does. He came to seek and save the lost. That's the way the kingdom of heaven works. And so the people he's trying to save is human beings. So he showed up like one of us. He lived a life so we could interpret and understand the truth. He lived as a human being, so his teaching made sense to us. If he came to save squirrels, he would have been a squirrel. Dogs, he would have been a dog. Cats, would have never happened. So, right, so... Right, so he, came, he showed up, makes sense to us, and then only as a human being could he die. You can't kill God, you can kill the body. So he laid his life down. When he took his life back up three days later, it makes sense to us because he came to seek and save us and he wants us to know that we are his treasure, we are his pearl. He makes sense to us so that we know that he should be our treasure and he should be our pearl and that's how the kingdom of heaven functions. And when you, when you go through the Bible then and you read all this stuff, it starts to make sense if you have that baseline in there. So when the Bible says things like he was, uh, that we're bought with a price. Well, what, what is that? What's bought with a price? Well, that's Jesus' death. That's him going all in. That's the way the kingdom of heaven works. Uh, we are bought by his blood. What that, what's that mean? Well, it means he had to die. He was tortured. He was crucified. He... That's him going all in, it's how the kingdom of heaven works. Uh, he gave his life as a ransom for many. What does that mean? Well, it's this all in thing. It's, it's selling everything to buy the field with the treasure in it, selling everything to buy the pearl. But when you discover that, when you find that, you are a pearl and a treasure to Christ and Christ is a pearl and a treasure to us. So when you take that foundation and you go back and you read the Christmas story, 
it starts to, to make a different kind of a sense. So if you're in Luke chapter two is where I'm at with it. Luke chapter two, verse eight, this is the, the most familiar part of it. That night there were shepherds staying out in the fields nearby, guiding their flo- guarding their flocks by night. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Messiah, yes, the, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined with a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angel returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph and they were there with the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said about the child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. So what, what's happening there, what's happening there is, is not like just our version of the nativity. What's happening there is Jesus treating you like a pearl or a treasure. He's going all in. So the God who created, the Bible says, Jesus created things, uh, created everything, everything was created through him. So the God who created humanity humbles himself to be humanity, to be born, born of a virgin, to lay in a feeding trough in a cave, a manger. What is that? That's him selling out. I'm going all in, you're, you're, my, you're my treasure, you're my pearl, <clears throat> and I'm going all in for you. You're, you're witnessing that happen there. The good news then is announced to the shepherds, and they, they go, and they go all in. They're like, we, 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 we've been looking for a Messiah. There he is. Savior, yep. Messiah, uh-huh. Lord, boom. That's that. And now that I have that, that's what I've been looking for. And they go and they worship Jesus and they go and they're telling everybody about it. Everybody's astounded because they're like, you're not gonna believe what we just found. And Jesus in his parable, he's like, that's the way it works. Like I go all in, then you go all in because I went all in. You keep going all in because I go all in. And he's like, that's the way the kingdom of heaven works. And Christmas is literally just that like playing out in real time. So that's why we would say as a Christ follower, as a Christ follower, I go all in because Jesus went all in. So I, as a Christ follower, I want to act like, talk like, think like, love like, and be motivated like the person of Jesus Christ. Well, what did that look like? Well, that looked like him going all in. And, and he would look at those who, he, who were lost, who didn't know who he is or what he's about, he would tell them about that, and when, he, when they found out, they would respond. And so he would look at his followers. If you're a Christ follower, he'd look and say, I want you to do the same thing. I want you, as my followers, to treat the treasure the way that I did. And that's the way that I want you to see the lost as a treasure and as a pearl. They're not an enemy. They're not those people. They're not the other guy. They're not the, the people I don't understand. They're a treasure they're a pearl, and, and you would go all in like I went all in. And if you want to follow me, if I am your treasure and your pearl, this is what it would mean to follow me. 
Because what do I do? I, at my very core, seek to save those who are lost. So when we imitate Jesus in this way, and we turn our passions into the treasure, uh, turn our passions toward the treasure that Jesus loves, we're going to seek and save those who are lost. We would do the very core thing that Jesus would call us to do. And when you think about following Jesus, there is not a version of following Jesus that is devoid of the effort to seek and save the lost. It is the very essence of what it means to follow Jesus because it's the very essence of what it means for Jesus who went all in because you're his treasure and you're his pearl. I wrote it down this way in the notes. There, there is, there's no description in the Bible of a spiritually mature follower who does not love, seek, and sacrifice to reach the lost. There's no description in the Bible. There, never in the Bible <coughs> is, is a person like, uh, I'm your follower, Jesus, but what I do is I study the Bible. I study the Bible and I, I find nuances in the Bible and I get caught up on weird things in the Bible and that's how I follow you. And Jesus would be like, no, that's pretty descriptive of a Pharisee or a teacher of the law. So that's not what I mean by following me. Well, Jesus, as a follower, what I do is I, I moralize my life and I quit smoking, drinking, chewing, day girls to do, chairing for Michigan. I did all of it, God. I just clean my life up. And Jesus is like, no, uh, there's lots of people who don't follow me who live a much more moral life than you do. Uh, Muslims, Mormons would keep way better rules than, than you Christians keep. So that's not what I'm looking for. Well, Jesus, the way I follow you is I go to, I, I am engaged in the culture. I vote the right way. I listen to vegetables sing. I raise my children on them. I listen to Bible man. And Jesus is like, no, not Bible man, right? Like, so I do all, and he's like, no, I, I wasn't asking for that. There will be no version of anybody in the Bible who's spiritually mature, who does not love, seek, and sacrifice to reach the lost. And when Jesus even called his first followers, he went to them, he's like, hey, Drop your fishing nets, come follow me. Why? I'm gonna make you fishers of men. I'm not, I'm not gonna make you religious. I'm not gonna get you into church. I'm gonna make you fishers of men. And spiritual maturity cannot be devoid of a love for the lost. And Jesus is like, I looked at you when you were lost as a treasure and a pearl and I want you to look around the people who are, who are lost around you and view them as a treasure and a pearl and to give your life to seeking, to saving, to loving them. When you have that down then as, like a, as, a, as a foundation of thinking, well, what happens is it comes alive all through the Bible. And so you go to like the Apostle Paul. So suddenly his, his teachings make sense. So this is Romans 10. He says, for everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. You believe that, right? So Jesus is like, if I'm your treasure, if I'm your pearl, if this is the instructive part to you, you believe that if you call my name, you'll be saved. So you believe that I am the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to Father except through me. You believe that no, under, I'm the only name under heaven by which you can be saved. You believe that, and we believe that everybody can have that. So everybody who, who believes that 
who follows Christ, they can be saved. So he's talking to Christ followers now. He's like, if that's our foundation, because that's Christ's foundation, then what Paul does that I, I love a lot is he does a lot of logic. He's like, so let's think about this logically. How can they call on one unless they believe in him? So how can I follow Christ if I don't believe in Christ? How can they believe in him if they've never heard of him? How can I follow Christ unless I believe in him? And if I have no idea what you're talking about, how can I believe in him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? How, unless somebody broaches the conversation, how would you even know that you need to believe? And then how would you know about salvation? And then he goes on. How would anyone go and tell them without being sent? Unless you go over there and tell them, how would anybody ever tell them? And that's why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. And when you go through the scripture and you go back to the Christmas story and you go, go to the Easter story, like all those big things, it's all built around that. And it's Jesus looking and saying, this is the way that that works. The, the kingdom of heaven is like this. You treasure me, I treasure you. You find me, I want you to find them. And that cycle, because we trust and because we follow and because we'll lose everything for the treasure and the pearl that is Christ, we follow his example who lost everything for the treasure and the pearl that is you. And if you want to walk with Jesus, and you want to be used by Jesus, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, there's no version of that, there's no version of that that is devoid of having a passion to seek love and sacrifice for the lost. Now we do this thing <coughs> here at Grace of Dunn's for a long time, kind of down these lines. Because as you look at the Bible, it's just right there. It's, it's easy peasy to find in the Bible. And so we've been, we, you know, we've always talked about uh, kind of the idea like how we keep this at the forefront. So years ago, we came up with this idea and we said, what we, what we want to do is, uh, I encourage you to do is to pray for your three. So pray for your three. So this is the encouragement. Everybody has three people that they pray by name for by name every day. So three people that I pray for by name every day, <clears throat> and I pray that God will give me a no-brainer moment to share the reason for the hope that's within me, which is a Bible verse in Peter. So I pray for three people by name every day. Be gentle and respectful, the Bible says. Do not be obnoxious when you're seeking and saving the lost, right? So you be gentle, respectful, people in your natural path of life, and you're just like, yeah, I realize that you are lost, Jesus treated me like a treasure and a pearl. I want to think of you as a pearl of great value and a treasure I would sell everything for. So I want to pray for you by name every day that God would, would make like a divine appointment and that I would have an opportunity to, to share the reason for the hope that's within me. And so we do that a lot and people do that a ton and, and you might know who your three are in a minute I'll give you a chance to think of them, right? But we would, we would look at that a lot. Here's always my fear with praying for your three. My fear is that when we think about praying for our three, that it stops with prayer. And there's never beautiful feet involved. We're just praying. Uh, if, you've, uh, if you've been here at Grace the last couple weekends, and if you haven't, jump online and look at it. You, you've got to watch some like powerful things happen in, in our services. We've, we've had 
oh, it's probably about 90 people that have accepted Christ and or been baptized like spontaneously. A couple weeks ago, we had a couple baptisms and I was like, hey, the water's out. Anybody else want to get baptized? And a bunch of folks came just in their clothes. I told you, like, the, the water won't hurt you. You know, it's not that cold outside. By the way, I got soaked and now I have a cold. So I'm a little bit sorry about that one. That probably wasn't 100% accurate. But like a, bu- a bunch of people did that. And then last week, we had it out again because some people had asked to be baptized and a bunch of, so you've seen incredible things happen. It's incredible. Uh, you, incredible things are happening in our young adult ministry. People accepting Christ, being baptized at Collective every week. Incredible things happening in our youth ministry. Our uh, adult men's basketball championship was Thursday night. It was fun. Was hundreds of people in the gym. And uh, there's a guy who accepted Christ there. It's just powerful things. Stuff I've never, I, I mean, it's crazy. I had people last weekend come up, and I, was, I sat up here in the front row, and uh, I was leading people to Christ and then walking up and baptizing them. My friend Brandon was here last night, and I led him to Christ in the, in the lobby a couple weeks ago and got to baptize him. And now he, he was telling me last night, like, who he's sharing Christ with. I'm like, Brandon, you got guts, man. I love it. And this is happening. We talked about this. It's happening all over the world. As things are dark and they're discombobulated and there's tension all over the world, if you even just looked at the geography of where this Christmas story played out, that is Israel, Gaza, like that's that. As things get dark, when the darkness is at its most intense, the light is also. And so there's people here at at Grace Church for sure, and then other places also, that they're looking like, that's what I'm looking for. They just pulled in the driveway, that's like, I'm done. I'm done. This is it. And they're coming to a knowledge of, of Jesus. So, so all these people are accepting Christ. People getting baptized here, getting all over the world. Let me ask you a question, ready? What does every one of those people have in common And if you're a Christ follower, what do they also have in common with you? Every single person who's ever accepted Christ, what do they have in common? Someone what? Told them. Somebody told them. How did they believe? Well, because they heard. Well, how did they hear? Well, Somebody went and told them. Well, how did they go and tell them? Well, they went over, they went over there and told them. And if you're a Christ follower, that's true of you. It could have been a Sunday school teacher. It could have been your mom. For me, it was a friend in college. Like somebody told them. And when they told them, they were able to do the math. When, when they when Heidi led me to the house, I realized that's what I was looking for. See? Praying is huge because prayer works and it's important. And then the actions are huge. And when we talk about praying for your three, or we talking about loving somebody who's lost, there, there has to be a, some version of a verbalization of who Christ is and what he's like and we might say, well, that's scary, I don't know. I don't, I'm like, yeah, but they're a treasure and they're a pearl. If somebody looked at you, if you're a Christ follower, as a treasure and a pearl, or like whatever the risk was, high factor, low factor, 
They told you. Why? Because they valued you the way that Jesus valued you who showed up, how come? So he could tell us. He's seeking to save the lost. And when you put that action to that, uh, like a concept like prayer record three, it becomes powerful. There's a lady, she watches online, she may be watching right now. Uh, she's down in Texas. She prays for her three. She's praying for her three. One day she was like, you know, I need to tell one of my three. So she went and she bought an airline ticket and she flew to another state and she hung out with her person for the weekend and she told them about Jesus. I'm like, oh, that's, that is beautiful feet. I was talking to a young adult the other day. He's graduating from high school. And uh, I said, hey man, what are you gonna do after high school? And I said, you're gonna go to the trades or military or college, like what are you gonna do? He's like, I don't know exactly what I'm gonna do, but I'm gonna stay in town. I was like, Akron? <laughs> like that's, that's the big plan? He's like, yeah, I'm gonna stay in town. I was, like, I was like, how come? He goes, because I wanna make sure my younger siblings have a clear understanding of who Christ is. And I wanna be involved with their life. Those are beautiful feet. I was talking to my daughter the other day and uh, she, she and some friends lead a Bible study and uh, she, she was telling me about her Bible study. She said, Dad, I was, uh, I was talking to my friends in the Bible study about how we need, to be, we need to be telling people about Jesus. I was like, honey, that's why you've always been my favorite. And so, and so she's telling people this and she said, it, you know, it kicks up some fear and some tension and so she, she said, I, I don't want you guys just to think about it, I want you to do it. She said, so what I want you to do is I want you to pray about who God wants you to tell you about and then before you leave the Bible study, I want you to text them. And I want you to text them and either invite them to collective or young adult ministry or invite them to church or ask them if they can have a cup of coffee so that you can tell them that. It's awesome. Now her friend, her friend took her up on that. I asked her friend if I could tell this story this weekend, but her friend's a great young lady, phenomenal young lady, but she's probably on the shyer side of life. And so her friend thought about that, prayed about it, kind of got nervous about it. And she's like, I can invite people, but I don't know how they're gonna respond. And so I have to, there's gotta be some kind of risk involved here, and I don't know what they're gonna do. So her friend texted her three asked them to come collective, and the response was, okay, what time is it? And they all came to collective. That, that's beautiful feet stuff. Where they, they just looked and said, I'm gonna value you enough that I'm going all in. Relationship, image, brand, I'm going all in. Gentleness, don't be obnoxious, like gentleness, respect, but invitation, because I, I need you to know that, I'm air quoting, if you're listening to this on a podcast later, air quoting, I need you to know that what Jesus did for me, I want to do for you. He went all in for me, and I wanna go all in for you because that's how the kingdom of heaven works. And when you think about all of this in the context of Christmas, ready? Christmas isn't something that you learn about and it's not just something that you celebrate. Christmas is something that you do. Christmas is something that you do. When Jesus 
came and was born of a virgin, he didn't just get out like the old, you know, manuscripts of Isaiah and like celebrate it. Uh, King of kings, Lord of lords, wonderful counselor, mighty God. That's all they, he, they, he wasn't celebrating something that was said in the past. He was doing the thing. And what was he doing? Well, he, wa- he was setting aside. Like he, w- he walked away from the privileges and the power, so to say, of heaven. And the creator engaged his creation. And he confined himself to skin and bones. And then he lived, taught, suffered, died, rose again. Why? Because the people he were pursuing were human beings. Hebrews. And he had to give his life, and he could only do that as a human, because a human being isn't going to strike down God unless God allows it, unless God offers himself. And he did all of that. He did all of that. Why? Because you're, you're his treasure. You're his pearl. Because he came to seek and save you. I was thinking about this a bunch last night while I was laying in bed sick because I wanted to be there, not because Heidi told me to go to bed. And I was thinking about this last night and I, I thought, I grew up around um, religion my whole life. Literally started, literally started going to church in my mother's womb. Went to church three, four times a week. Went to a Christian school every day of my life through college. And I, th- I had two thoughts. I thought to myself, that at first I, I, I started to get angry I started to get angry, and I started to get angry, and I was laying in bed last night, I was thinking, how could I have been so close to so many people who said that Jesus was their treasure and their pearl, and nobody told me? I didn't, I knew the Bible, but Jesus didn't come to give us the Bible. I knew church, but Jesus didn't come to give us the church. Those are byproducts of him coming. He came to seek and save the law. And I'm like, how, how, it, how did I sit in all these classes and go to all these functions and, and nobody, because they, ready? Because they talked about me. Jeff, I don't know, he's kind of off. He's not, he's not on track. He's backslidden, if you know that term. It's a horrible term, but he's backslidden. He's going to movies and watching Daisy Duke on TV. and So they talked about me. They, nobody ever told me. They didn't tell me the story. They didn't tell me I was a treasure and a pearl. They just told me that I was a, a wicked sinner and God was mad. So I was laying in bed last night. I was, I, maybe it was the night quill. I don't know, but I got really, really mad about it. I'm like, well, this is ridiculous. Like, there, there's, you're talking over the course of 20 years, talking about thousands of people. Nobody ever bothered to tell me. They talked about me. They didn't tell me until my friend Steve Huber. He told me. And when he told me, it, I wasn't a hard sell, really. I just didn't know that's what that was. So I thought about that. I was like, that kind of makes me mad. And then as I was thinking more, as the night quill was really kicking in, 
I thought, I wonder how many times people told me and I didn't listen. That's kind of the, the other side of it because I, I bet you along the way people told me. Because I, I was surrounded by, like my church wasn't healthy but it was loving to me because I was born there. So I was like surrounded by people who loved me. I trust that they love me. Parents who were incredible. Big brother who was my hero. So I'm like, I wonder how many times somebody tried to tell me I just didn't listen. You are not gonna leave Grace Church and not know that you are a treasure and a pearl to Christ. That he stepped out of heaven and he put skin on because he was trying to communicate to you personally, not to the cosmos, to you. And he loves you and he gave his life for you. And if you've been searching for something more than the chaos that we all live in on differing degrees, and you've been searching for the missing puzzle piece of your heart, it's Christ. I have to tell you that. Because nobody told me. So I, I have to tell you. Already? And you have to listen. You have to listen. Because you, be, you can be raised with that information. You can be told a thousand ways. You, you can sit here on this weekend and think, this is another story about evangelism. You have to listen. Christ is our pearl and our treasure. And we are his pearl and his treasure, and that's what the kingdom of God is like, okay? All right, this is what I'd like us to do. Uh, the band's gonna come out, I gotta move the stage and stuff around, and I want us to take a minute, okay? So maybe bow your heads and close your eyes. And I, I just want us to think through some things together, okay? And I'll kinda try to walk us through this a little bit, so. Why don't you just start by taking a deep breath and saying hello to Jesus. Maybe you haven't even said hi to him yet this morning and just kind of put your mind here and ask him to join you in this moment, so to say. You know, just kind of invite him right to the center of where you are right now. This is what I'd like you to do. I, I ask God and, and kind of use your own memory. And I want you to go back to when you first discovered Christ. For me, it's a soccer field in Philadelphia. For you, it's mom, Sunday school teacher, whatever. But just kind of go back to that moment when you discovered the treasure and the pearl for yourself. And just remember that for a moment.
<coughs> kind of color it in some. Then I would just encourage you to like ask, maybe the Holy Spirit has to remind you, you know, maybe it's been a long time. But think about the person who told you. Could have been in church, could have been a buddy, could have been your dad, like just, but just think about the person who told you and just thank God for that person. That they treated you like a treasure and a pearl. Now ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to put on your heart and your mind your three. Maybe you know them already. Maybe you need to develop the list. But the three people who are in your life, who you could pray for every day by name, that God would give you a no-brainer moment to share the reason for the hope that's within you. And you may want to write that down. You may just want to remember it. But who are your three? Who's God want them to be? All right, you got them. Now. What are you gonna do about that? How are your feet gonna act in a beautiful way? And that, that could be something as simple as like invite to Christmas services. It can be something as complex as navigating family relationships. Something as like easy peasy as a cup of coffee as difficult as forgiveness and compassion. You know, I don't know. And then I dare you to pray a prayer. You use your words, you don't have to copy mine, but a prayer of God before the sun sets today before the sun sets today. I'm gonna to send the text, I'm gonna broach the conversation, give the invite, whatever it is. But I'm going to treasure a lost person the way that you treasured me. And Jesus, would you just press this into our heart? That this, this is what it means to follow you. God, this, this is it's what you came to do. It's what you taught. It's what you live for. It's what you empower us for through your spirit. It's the reason we have the Bible. It's the purpose of the church. It's all of it. So God, would you convict and help and give courage and 
clarity and moments so that we can, uh, we can treasure the way that you treasured us. So Jesus, just work deeply in us in these still moments where we sing a prayer and then we're gonna, then we'll sing a declaration about you. Now would you just press in and would you transform and would you give us the courage to go and tell the good news that is filled with great joy.